Father, we just thank you once again this morning. Yes, Lord, once again we look upon the cross that you died. We are humbled, Lord, but truly, Lord, pray, Father, that, Lord, you would truly break us in a, in a man, that we will experience that brokenness, Lord. This morning, oh Lord, we just want to come to you in the name of Jesus. We want to thank you for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the mighty exchange that you wrought on the cross. Thank you, Father, for exchanging our sin and our guilt for your righteousness. Our curse for your blessing. Our ashes for your beauty. Father, there was nothing inside of us, in, our, in us, O oh Lord, that could attract us to you. But Lord, in spite of we being absolutely powerless, ungodly enemies and sinners, you died for us. And this morning, we just want to thank you once again for this opportunity. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts this morning in a special way. Speak to us in the name of Jesus, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak. Anoint us all, everyone who's here and everyone who's tuned on, tuned in online as well. That you'd anoint us all. Speak to us and wash us once again by the water of your word. And even as we receive your word by faith, let your anointing increase in our lives. We thank you. We praise you for in Jesus name. Amen. Alright, we've been looking at the Ecclesia in the wilderness, the church of God in the wilderness, the church we were asked not to imitate, yeah? The church we are not to imitate, admonished not to imitate. For the Bible says, with most of them, God was not well pleased, right? <laughs> yeah, and it is impossible to please God without faith and so the reason why God says don't imitate them is because those those fellows were absolutely a faithless generation a people in whom there was no faith it says in Deuteronomy unbelief was the reason why they could not enter into God's rest that's the reason why it says in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 onwards let's see it says beware Brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. It's just not departing from God. It is departing from the living God. We depart everything about our God is living. Even the word that we hear every morning, it has to be living. The word of God is living. Quick, it says. Living and powerful. Okay, It's a living hope. It's a living word. It's a living faith. Everything about our God is living. We know that very well. It's a living sacrifice. Yeah. Departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Because for many of us, hmm, there's no today, right? Yesterday we looked at the tragedy that happened in Vizag. Unbelievable scenes. Just people falling like flies on the road. Unbelievable scenes. I can't even see it. And you don't even want to hear that bad news. But thank God, 
many of my relatives are all safe. Continue that God will continue to be, keep them safe. You know, so it, tomorrow is never guaranteed, right? So it says, while it is called today, who would have thought things like this would have happened? Everybody is inside their homes. Okay. But, so as long as it is today, don't be hardened, lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And it goes on, verse 14, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So you don't ever give up on this journey, right? We looked at that. We need patience, we need perseverance, we need waiting, and need what? Endurance. All four things are absolutely important. Confidence steadfast until the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And uh, as in the days of, uh, in the days of rebellion. And verse 16. For who having heard rebelled, who are these people? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Verse 17. Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter into his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not obey or enter in because of unbelief. So he says he's summing up the whole um, episode of the children of Israel in the wilderness, a 40-year episode. The ones who rebelled, who are these people? The ones who rebelled are the people who came out of Egypt. The ones with whom he was angry with the same people who came out of Egypt and sinned in the wilderness. And therefore their corpses fell in the wilderness. They couldn't enter into the, into the promised land. Who were these people who, whom he swore that, swore that they will not enter into his rest? These were the people who did not obey. They were the disobedient people. And if you Turn to, I mean, you don't have to go there. Hebrews chapter 4 will say, the word of God, the gospel which was preached to them did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. They were not united with faith to those who heard them, heard the gospel. So this is very important. So how many people were heard the gospel? Only two people actually. If you think, if you look at the whole company, only two people heard the gospel and believed in it. And all the others were not united with faith with those who heard the gospel. Okay. And therefore they could not enter into God's rest. They all came out of Egypt. They all drank of the spiritual water, uh, water I mean, spiritual water and the spiritual food. Okay. They were baptized into Moses. They were, they were, uh, they were baptized in the cloud. Everything they enjoyed, all the benefits that they accrued through their journeying in the wilderness and they could not enter. And I, I was, I was thinking as to why this is important. Why? What was that one important characteristic, if you, if you will, the, the, the quintessential nature, I mean, the characteristics which was their downfall, was their Achilles heel, if you will, that caused them to fall. Or rather, what is that one important attribute that we should not have so that we can be kept on that straight and narrow path? No? You know what that attitude is? We easily forget. 
very easy. The good that people do to us, we very easily forget. The bad that people do to us, oh boy, we'll never forget. You know, one of the things that uh, the, the the Jewish people, the Jewish nation, which was formed after 1948, you know what's their logo or their motto? We will never forget. We will never forget. They always complain. And they remember Egypt. And they forgot God's work. Look at Numbers 11, 5. Hmm. Now when the people complain, oh sorry, 11, 5. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. They freely ate fish. They, did, they completely forgot that they were slaves. The irony of it all. They were slaves to sin. They were slaves of Pharaoh. They were slaves of the taskmasters. The taskmasters whip was on their back. Completely forgot. So easily. Exodus 16.3 says, And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out of this wilderness, out into this wilderness to kill us, kill this whole assembly with hunger. So easily they forgot. Just 15 chapter only, they came out of the incredible miracle of walking through the Red Sea. Can you imagine? I mean, every time I think about it, I mean, we will, we, that's what we should never uh, say these words. If I were there in my forefathers days, I would not have sinned. That's exactly what Jesus said. You build their graves. You know, by building their graves, you know what? You are actually seconding. You are literally taking part in the sins of your forefathers. The, from the blood of, of, of Abel to the blood of Zachariah that was spilled between the altar and the porch, you are b- guilty of everything because you you are saying, by building those altars or those tombs, you are saying, if we would have lived in our forefathers' days, we would never have committed those sins. No, 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 no. That is the reason why you know, the, the prayers of Daniel and Nehemiah are so significant. You know what they say? We have sinned. Our forefathers have sinned. They identify completely with the sin of their forefathers. In Adam, all sin. Okay, as long as we are in Adam, we all have sinned. And as long as we are, we have not in the second Adam, doesn't matter. All our good works is useless. Okay, they forgot the fact that they were sinners and the bondage of the taskmaster. It says they soon forgot their works, his works. They had a very short memory, (laughs) STM, short term memory loss, STML. That is the reason why they kept falling back over and over again. How soon we forget how gracious God has been to us, right? You're all guilty of the sin of forgetfulness. And very, and very soon we slip into idolatry. You know why? Because we forget the promises that we make, made to God. Just 40 days ago, before Moses came from the, down the mountain, what did they say? Everything the Lord commands us, we will do. 40 days later. 40 is a very significant number, huh? 40 days later, gone, over, 
Where is this man Moses? We are ashamed. He is putting us to shame by making us to wait for such a long time. What does he think? Who does he think we are? Everything, all those things. You are slaves, Baba. Simple. Just now you are redeemed. Okay. <laughs> that's what, that's what, you know, we forget, no? Your father was an Amorite, your mother was a Hittite. Don't ever forget that. Your father was an Amorite, your mother was a Hittite. Yeah? So, what should be our attitude in order for us to finish our race? Never forget. Not what other people did to us. Never forget the recompense of God. You know, we'll come to that psalm very soon. But Psalm 103 will say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his... You know, your word, you say benefits. You know, the original word, forget not all his recompenses. What has he recompensed? We spat on him and he blessed us. We crucified him. He said, Father, forgive us. Forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. We pierced on his side and he mourned for us and he paid everything in full. It is, what did he say? Finished. Tetelestai. Finished. And for all that, for all the things that we have done to him on the cross, what has he given us? Only blessing. Only righteousness. Only sanctification, only redemption, only ransom. He made us free. Those are the recompenses of God. He made us rich in Him. If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, why will He not with Him freely give us all things? All things. It's something which we need to all believe. We all need to believe. So the recompenses of God, never forget. What have you done? That's what he said. You are recompensing evil for good. Or rather good for evil. Or evil for good. We forget these things. So what was that one attitude of the Apostle Paul? You know? Why he, why I, I believe. This is what I believe. Why he was able to finish the race is simply because he never forgot the episode of Stephen. It is hard for you to kick against the goods. You never forgot. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9. Look at what is his, his testimony. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. I caused incalculable harm, in other words, to the body of Christ. I persecuted the church. Galatians 1.13 For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism. How I persecuted the church. The very body of Christ I persecuted the church of God beyond measure. Look at what he says. Look at the way he ex- describes his sin. I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. That was my state before I got converted. And never forget that. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12 to 13. This is the, almost the end of his life. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me. 
because he counted me faithful, like it's like this, me, me faithful, me into the ministry, he has enabled me, and I give you that example, no? Where do you work for? Where do you work? Microsoft. Oh, you work in Microsoft. That's one way. You work in Microsoft. That's another way. There's a lot of difference. You work in Microsoft. Oh, great, man. You work in Microsoft. What's wrong with Microsoft? That's the difference. Okay. So sometimes you work in Microsoft. Wow, Microsoft is blessed to have you. It's the same words. You work in Microsoft? Oh my goodness, what's wrong with Microsoft? I mean, they didn't find anybody better. That's what he's saying. That's what, that's what he says, right? What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons and daughters of God. What did he see in us? Your mama Hittite. That's what he saw. That's exactly what he saw in us. What did he see in us? Nothing. Because he counted me faithful. Putting me into the ministry. What was I? Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy. And I was an ignorant fellow. Can you imagine the man who got a PhD from the University of Tarsus? What is he calling himself? Ignorant man. I did it ignorantly. I did it in unbelief. What was I? Zealous for Yahweh. Can you imagine? Zealous for Yahweh, but I was ignorant. Ignorant in unbelief. A formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. Oh boy. That is one of the reasons why he never, ever, ever forgot the, the pit that God has picked him up from. And therefore, you know, he was able to finish his race. You need to realize that forgetfulness is a sin. I'm not talking about forgetfulness of forgetting other people's crime against us, but forgetting the benefits of God that we have accrued is a huge sin. It is, it is a sin. Okay, I, I believe it is the one sin which causes so many other sins. If, I mean, if you could call it iniquity, I think it, it, it could be iniquity, which causes so many other sins. The sin of forgetfulness or the iniquity of forgetfulness. Show you, give you an example. Turn to Genesis chapter 40, read for verse 14, and then verse 20 to 22. Or 23, 20 to 23. But remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me and make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. What, what was God banking on so that he could keep Joseph for a few more years in the dungeon? He was banking on the forgetfulness of this fellow. We cannot say God made him forget. His nature was to forget. That's our nature. And look at what next verse. Verse 20. Okay, for to give you a context what has happened, you know the, the dreams that the baker and the butler have. The baker has a bad dream, the butler has another good dream and a positive dream for the butler and the positive dread, uh, the negative dream for the baker and you know that the baker is uh, killed and the butler is restored and Joseph says, once you go to the palace, please remember you don't forget. Okay, now what happens? Now it came to pass on the third day 
Okay. Which was Pharaoh's birthday that he made a feast for all his servants and he lifted up his head of the butler and the chief baker among his servants. Then he restored the chief butlers to his butlership again and he placed the cup in the, in, in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph but forgot him. You know the very first time the word forgot is mentioned in the Bible is here. Forgot. He forgot the benefit that somebody has shown him. And then what happens? Look at what it says in 41, Genesis 41 and verse uh, 9 in uh, NLT maybe. This is when Pharaoh has his dream. Hmm. Or it says failure, no? Or NASB? Hmm. Then the chief, then the chief cup bearer spoke to Pharaoh saying, I would make, make mention today of my own offenses. Now the word offense here is again the word khata from which we get the word sin. Okay. And now I remember my sin, he says. What was his sin? That he forgot. You see, he's saying that. He very clearly mentions what his sin is. You know what his sin is? He forgot the benefit of God. So what was the quintessential sin of Israel in the wilderness? Uh, the, the church of God in the wilderness? I'll show you. Turn with me to 78.5. The moment I say 78, there are no more of 78 chapters. Okay. Only one book which has got 70, 60, uh, largest number of chapters is Isaiah. Okay. 78.5 of Psalm. Okay. For he established, let's go out, read from verse 5 onwards, okay. For he established in Jacob a testimony and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make, no, make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, that the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. So, keep on telling it. That they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And then, go on. And verse 8. And may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and a rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright. Or rather, it says in other translations, to prepare its heart aright, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. And verse 11. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in His law, verse 10, and forgot His works and His wonders that He had shown them. Got it? What was the key word? Forgot. Psalm 106, verse 13. Psalm 105 and 106 go together. Psalm 105 says, remember His mercies. (laughs) That's the theme. Psalm 106, forget His mercies. That is, that's the theme. Okay, so Psalm 105, remember his mercies. Psalm 106, forget his mercies. That's essentially the theme of these two Psalms. Verse 13, they soon, not just uh, (laughs) after a long time, very soon, they forgot his works. They did not wait for his counsel. Verse 19 onwards. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped. See, this is idolatry. 
So what is the one thing that which which made them to cause, I mean, to commit the sin of idolatry? What was that one sin or the one attitude which caused them to commit the sin of idolatry? It says very clearly, they made a calf in Horeb, they worshipped the molded image, thus they changed or exchanged their glory into the image of an ox that eats grass, and then verse 21, they forgot their savior who had done great things in Egypt. This is this is essentially the sin. They forgot and immediately they slipped into idolatry. We are looking at idolatry. Right? What causes idolatry? What causes us to go after other things? Idolatry is just not physical idols. That's the easier part. The other difficult and the most deceitful things are idols of our own heart. The stubbornness, our the our bent in for having our own way, like yesterday we saw. Uh, Eugene Peterson's message translation. Your your own way, your own way, your own way, my way, my way. That is idol. I want to do it my way. I want things my way. I, I mean, in fact, it's sometimes people, people think that the entire church has to go their way. Bent upon that. Okay. We don't Cater to felt needs. You understand? We preach the word of God. Simple. And we ask the Holy Spirit. Because that is not our job. We answer questions. But we give counsel from the word of God. Like pastor was saying. No? People don't want to get delivered from their sin. They want to get delivered in their sin. No, 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 no. Sorry. That doesn't happen. Okay. They forgot their savior who had done great things in Egypt. That is the quintessential, I believe, attitude, a bent, which causes us to go towards our own idols. Because we want our own way. So don't forget. So let's turn to Psalm 103. Before we go to Psalm 103, I want us to look at a few verses in Jeremiah. Okay. Jeremiah was one guy who, you know, who said, my people have committed two evils. What are those two evils? They forgot me. They forgot me. The fountain of living water. And they hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, or they have forsaken me, or they have forgotten me, broken cisterns that could hold no water. And that is essentially the crime, or the iniquity, or the sin, or the rebellion of Israel and Judah. So look at what he says in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 30 to 31. He identifies certain attitudes. In vain I have chastened your children. They received no correction. Your sword has devoured your prophets like a destroying lion. O generation, see the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness to Israel or a land of darkness? Why do my people say, we are lords, we will not come near you anymore? And then, can a virgin forget her ornaments? Or in other words, can a bride forget her ornaments? Question, answer, no. A bride will never forget her ornaments, neither forget her wedding dress. Okay, bridegroom can forget anything. Bride will never forget. Our ornaments, you know, they, they remember those rings and everything. Small, small, little, little things they remember. Especially if you have girl children, you will know what I'm talking about. Exactly, 
Papa, you promised me that thing that you forgot. When? When did I say, Baba? Okay. They will never forget. Can a virgin forget her ornaments or a bride forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Never. It has never happened, at least in my known history. Okay. And never ever, ever seen any bride not prepared for her wedding. Yet, my people have forgotten me, how many days? Days without number. What is numberless mathematically? Infinity. And if God does not interject, we will continue our life of forgetfulness. That is how pathetic our old, old man is. We can forget and never factor in God at all in any of our pursuits. You know, the word for forget also means to ignore. Ignore. You ignore God. Think, think about it, no? If, just imagine, right? P- Peter and I, we have been known each other for a long time. And let's say, we're just going into the supermarket and Peter, see, look at Peter and I ignore him and I go. What will Peter think? Are you mad, this guy? What? Look at the insolence in the, of this fellow. Because Peter and I, we just equals there. God and you. Okay, God, huh? Okay, fine. I'm just, I just, I don't, I just ignore him and go. That will be unbelievable, right? Think about it, no? Just, you're, go, you're going on a flight and next to you is a movie actor. The whole world knows him. But you don't know him. Everybody is looking at auto, auto, taking your autographs and you are like just reading your newspaper as if, you know, you fellow will be the center of the attention in that, in that entire flight. You know why? Because you have the audacity to ignore this fellow. You understand what I'm saying? That's what he's saying. You ignored me. You're ignoring me. My goodness. Just imagine if God were to ignore us. Oh. That's the reason why David says, when you hid, I was so scared. I was saying, saying Lord, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And then finally I found you. I said, oh, ma, thank God. All the children need is to know that their parents are at home. Otherwise, gone. They'll start crying. You know that, right? They'll make, the whole colony will go, will go crazy only. It happened in my home. Oh. Justin and I just went for a few minutes to some place. So I think we went to the school. Oh, you should see my daughters. They went crazy. <laughs> Papa, mama. Oh, look. See, just because there was no presence of the parents for a few hours, the children have gone crazy. But you know what he's saying? My children have forgotten me days without number. They've ignored me as if I don't even exist. <laughs> That's a terrible attitude. Pathetic attitude. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 20 to 23. Surely a wife treacherously departs from her husband. He's talking about now wife. There that he talked about bride. Now he's talking about a wife. So have you dealt treacherously with me, O house of Judah, says the Lord. And then, 
A voice was heard in the desolate heights, weeping and supplications of the children of Israel. For they have perverted their way. They have forgotten the Lord their God. And he says, return, O backsliding children, and I will heal your backslidings. Indeed we will, we do, uh, indeed we do come to you, for you are the Lord our God. And verse 23, truly in vain is salvation hope for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 13 verse 25. Hmm? This is your lot, the portion of your measures from me, says the Lord, because you have Forgotten me and trusted in. You see, you forgot, forgotten me. Yahan par kya hai? That means you stopped trusting in me and you began to trust in lies. That's what it means. You've trusted in falsehood. And what is falsehood? Anything that you have replaced God with is a falsehood, an idea. It's a, it's an idol. It's a lie. Your idols are lies, he says in some translation, in some, in some places. Your idols are lies. 18.15, Jeremiah. And because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to worthless idols. What is incense? A symbol of prayer. So what are you praying to? You're praying to a worthless idol. And they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in pathways and not on a highway. That is the highway is the highway of God here in this case. Highway but doesn't mean broad way. It's a way that God has ordained for him. The way of the king. In other words, highway means in this particular context, the way of the king. Because kings go on highways. The way of the king they have forgotten. And they have started burning incense to worthless, vain idols that they will not profit at all. And in the process, what have they done? They have forgotten me. Let our voices rise like incense and our praise like sweet perfume. Right? Let our That's what he says. Praise and prayer are like incense to God. And what are we doing? We're, instead of giving our prayers to God, we have turned and burned incense to worthless Idols. Meaning we are seeking for solutions in places other than God. And what is the reason? Because you have forgotten me. For, that is how we, that is what forget, for, forgetfulness means. What is forgetfulness in this case? In the previous case, you have exchanged the truth of God for a lie. That is forgetfulness. And therefore you go into idolatry. Here, what is forgetfulness? You are, instead of praying and seeking my face, and I am the only solution to every answer, my God shall supply your need. All your need, my God shall supply all your need. Instead of doing that, you are burning incense to idols, worthless idols. And what have they, what have they done? They have caused themselves to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in pathways and not on a highway. Meaning, they have t- completely turned your ways and showed you an absolute false way. And where is that false way leading you to hell? That is the reason why it says repentance from acts that lead to death. It doesn't matter what works you have done. Good works, bad works, they are all dead works. Because every work is taking you to God, to, to, to hell and not to God. Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 25 to 29. I mean, Jeremiah is a 
there's a the spirit behind idolatry he just explains it i've heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name saying i have dreamed i have dreamed have you seen oh so many people in my in my 12 years they've they've spoken to us i have dreamed i have dreamed and you just examine their dreams you'll know the dreams have come because of a lot of activity and you know what kind of activity no at least as a shabd three will talk about don't have to, don't have to turn there i have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name saying i have dreamed i have dreamed how long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies indeed they are prophets of deceit of their own heart and when they prophesy like this what are they doing look at the next verse who try to make my people forget see so there is a entire theology which will cause people to forget what his name and what is his name his name is both severe and gracious so when you have prophets which is which is only concentrating on one side of god's attributes you know what they are what they are doing they are making people to forget god they are only appealing for example let's say to the righteousness of god that is legalism and forgetting the mercy of god that is legalism you have a huge bunch of people even in these last days who have completely turned themselves into legalism and into the law and then there is another set of people who do not concentrate on the truth of god they only concentrate on the mercy of god so what do they do they make god into an idol and they forget the name what so what do they do they make my people forget my name by their dreams which everyone tells his neighbor and you is interesting right the moment uh, you have a mo- it's like a how lies propagate so easily you'll see that all the time whenever pe- there's a let's say a, a preacher or a or a or a prophet who only concentrates on one side of god there's a huge movement he'll he'll draw so many people to him prosperity 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 you'll see multitudes and multitudes going towards that and everyone oh, you should come to this church you should come to this church you should come to this church you see that it spreads like fire which everyone tells his neighbor as their forefathers forgot my name for who for bal so this is the attitude okay so we have a pathetic attitude inside each one of us and then we have teaching all around us which is causing us to forget that ancient paths and go toward god and therefore there should be a preparation in our hearts turn back to 103 please if you will or oh, sorry 106 of psalm 106 and uh, read for me uh, verses 13 sorry uh, psalm 78 verse uh, 6 and 7 psalm 78 verse 6 and 7 are we there it says ah that they may set their hope in god and not forget the works of god but keep his commandments set their hope set their hope in god so so let us turn to our famous psalm 
I, I shared all these things in different, different contexts, okay, but uh, because we are looking at idolatry, I believe this is one thing, one thing which I want us to really look at, that we will not have this pathetic attitude inside all of us to forget. We forget so easily. We forget the good that people have done to us. Like pastor was saying that what an incredible uh, uh, pearl of wisdom again it was. Like when you have people who have harmed you, uh, in order for you to forgive them, one of the things that you should remember is the good times. Remember the good times and not the bad times. Have positive attitudes towards others. And then you will have, automatically you will have the those emotions which will also cause you to forgive. Okay. Good for us to have these attributes. And therefore let us look at Psalm 103 and let's look at verses 1 to 5 only. How many verses? Verses 1 to 5 only. Hmm? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now, these are the Psalms which we used to, uh, be, which uh, our parents used to read to us during our birthdays, 91 and 103. I love these two Psalms. This is just a part of our upbringing. No, 91 and 103 were part of our upbringing, right from childhood. No? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his recompenses. Okay, that's the, that's the word. Recompenses. Don't ever forget his recompenses. What he has given to us in return for our greatness. And I use that sarcastically, of course. How great we were. Our sin. He has recompensed righteousness for our sin. He has recompensed curse for our, uh, blessing for our curse. He has recompensed protection against the powers of darkness for us to be in cohorts with the powers of darkness. When we were in absolutely children of disobedience, the spirit which works in the children of disobedience, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, He made us alive when we were dead in our trespasses. Dead men walking. Hmm? So, let us not forget his recompenses. So let's move on. Verse uh, 3 and 3 onwards. Who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and with tender mercies, who satisfies our mouth with good things, so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. So there are five benefits which are talk, talked about over here. What are those five benefits? At least five here. Forgives all our iniquities. Not some. All. Second, he heals all our diseases. Third, he redeems our life from the pit. From destruction is a word. From Sheol. From destruction meaning from Sheol. Sheol matlab? Hell. Okay, another word for hell. Hades. Pit of hell. Pit of hell. In other words. Okay. Then he crowns us with loving kindness and with tender mercies. Fourth benefit. Fifth one, he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagle. So let us look at five benefits and let us see what we should not forget. Okay. Think about this. First, what does he do? He forgives all our iniquities. What does all our iniquities mean? Now we know that. Khata is sin. Evon is iniquity. And iniquity has got two parts. It is just not iniquity. There is a guilt and a punishment associated with, it, with that iniquity. 
So when he forgives all our iniquities, what has he recompensed us with? He has taken the punishment for our iniquity upon himself. Because we, like Cain, understood from Genesis chapter um, 4 and verse 13, look at what he says. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment or my iniquity is greater than I can bear. That's true. There's this iniquity and there's a punishment for that iniquity and we could never, ever, ever, ever painful to God. And what did God do? He paid for our sins by taking the punishment for our iniquities. And therefore, remember what it says in Genesis, uh, in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6. What did he do? All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord... We all wanted our way. And the Lord does a recompense. What was his recompense? The Lord laid upon us. No, 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 no. The Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. That is the reason why the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. It is not only the our sins but the sin of the whole world it says in 1 John chapter 2. He not, doesn't, not, not only forgives our sin, he has forgiven the sin of the whole world. And that is the reason why hell is full of what kind of sinners? Forgiven sinners. People who have not accepted this gift, this free gift, free gift of salvation that Jesus so freely gives. They were bent upon their own way. What was that own way? That we will somehow earn our righteousness. So what did God do? He laid upon him the iniquity of us all. That is the reason why we know we have, we have this very interesting verse in Psalm 103 verse 10, right? What does it say? Everybody can look at it. 103 verse 10. Psalm 103 verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us According to our iniquities. On the contrary, he forgave all our iniquities. That means the punishment, the penalty of sin was taken upon Jesus on the cross. Yesterday, one of the questions was, how come even after listening to the word so much, there is so much of sin inside of us? Let me tell you something. It is not that there is so much of sin inside of us. You are only realizing after the word is being preached that there is so much, so much of sin inside of us. When the word was not being preached, we never knew how much how, how sinful we were. Now the word is being preached, the standards of God are being lifted up. And the moment the standards of God are lifted up, when we see our own heart, we recognize that we are absolute abject sinners. That is the reason why Paul says, I realize that in my flesh there is nothing. Bah, what a man. To come to a point, in a, we don't realize that. Very Sooner than later, we should realize it, Baba. Not in our head, but truly it has to become a part of our life. And because it will show in our attitude. In our attitude towards others, in our attitude towards our uh, elders, to our, towards our people who are you know below us, everywhere. Okay, so, Psalm 32. What does it say? We come back to Psalm 32 for the 
15th time in this several days okay blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered blessed is the man to whom the lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile and but how do we get this blessedness verse 5 i acknowledged my sin to whom to god okay and my iniquity i have not hidden i said i will confess my transgression and what did you do you forgave meaning you did not punish the iniquity of my sin you just took it away sela meaning think about this meditate upon this what an awesome god so when he has done this what should we not do don't forget his compassion <laughs> right don't forget his compassion but how compassionate he was towards us he looks at the people and is moved with compassion it says that they were a sheep without uh, sorry shepherd without sheep like we all like sheep have gone astray and the lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all and he had compassion on them tender compassionate so this is such an important aspect of life right one of the ways that you know that you're growing in the lord is when you have become compassionate the tenderness always overlooking the faults of others turn to first peter chapter 4 first peter chapter 4 and verse um, half forward verse 8 onwards as 8 is enough above all have fervent love nasb above all keep fervent in your love for one another esv i like esv also is there keep loving one another keep on loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins the ability to overlook and ignore other people's faults is a tremendous attitude it's not easy but it is directly proportional to how much we have realized that god has forgiven us that is the reason why he tells that wicked servant you owed me 10000 talents and how soon you forgot the compassion that you received hand him to the who tormentors now never forget that i know it's not easy of course it's not easy but we have the power of the holy spirit inside of us to grant us the grace to know how sinful we were so that we'll be easily compassionate on others right he who is forgiven much let me rephrase it in my own language okay this is uh, vijay's standard version maybe vsv he who realizes that if he is forgiven much loves much he who realizes that he has been forgiven much then you know oh boy that is when i believe brokenness comes 
Brokenness truly comes when we realize how much we have been forgiven. What are we, Lord? That you give us opportunities to serve you. Who are we? That is exactly what David happened to David. He forgot the compassion of Jesus. Is it not Eliam? Eliam's daughter-in-law? Who is Eliam? The son of Ahithophel? Is it not the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Your own man? And those people who, who gave their lives to you? Who stood by you in all your troubles? You know, somebody says, it's, it, it, it is, uh, the Bible doesn't say who says it. I believe it's the Holy Spirit who interjects. He doesn't want to keep even name the person. It's literally the voice of, 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 of God reverberating in the conscience of David. You forgot. That's what he tells, tells the, tells the, the efficient church. Remember from where you have fallen. Have you realized how sinful you were that I forgave you so much and you have forgotten your first love? I remember the kindness of your youth, the love of, of thine espousals. Israel was holiness to the Lord and all who offended it, they had to pay the recompense. And he says, what iniquity have your fathers have found in me? They've forgotten so easily. We forget. We forget, my dear brothers. We forget the compassion of God. I mean, I can say this over and over and over again in our own lives. Why do we... Why, I believe um, it's, it's a fact. No, I think John Piper was the one who said this. He said that our worst attitudes are in full display to the people who are closest to us. Full display. Okay. So full display in people who are closest to us. That is when we actually forget to be compassionate. I remember this uh, Jewish evangelist, his name is Zev Porat. Zev Porat, okay? Um, so this uh, Holocaust survivor, I'm not Holocaust survivor, his father was the one of the soldiers in the SS. SS is uh, Nazi, the Nazi army. So, he, the son, you know, he's become an evangelist, okay? He's, he's a, he's a converted, he's a, he's a Christian. He's overwhelmed with this guilt of what his parents and his forefathers have done to the Jews. Overwhelmed. So, he comes to realize that this Zev Porath was, uh, his, uh, oh, no, no, it, it, Actually, he was working for this Christian channel, okay? And that Christian channel invites Zev Porath, who's an Israeli Jew who got converted, for an interview to Germany. And who is the interviewer? This guy who's sitting next to him. And before the interview starts, this guy looks at his face and he says, let me tell you, my dear brother, I know you're breaking in your heart for all that your forefathers have done to the Jewish people. And I, on behalf of the Jewish people, choose to forgive you. And you would not believe that guy on the interview panel starts breaking down. 
He starts crying and he's weeping and he comes and hugs him and he says, you know what? Thank you so much, brother. I've been overwhelmed with this guilt for what my forefathers have done to your people. And when you said that one word, you released me from that. That's the reason why, you know, forgiveness is releasing, right? Releasing. You're holding on to that person and you just release him now. Release that particular person. You know why? Because you have received the compassion of Jesus now. The kindness of God. So don't ever forget his compassion. That's what happened to Shimei, right? <laughs> Shimei cursed David. Boy, three years, that was enough for him. No compassion. We know how, how compassionate we are with the way we treat people who are under us. People who don't deserve, so to speak, our attention. Quote, unquote. Then let's go to the next one. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Okay, What is the greatest disease we all suffer from? Thank you very much. Go to Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 12 to 13. 3 0, 12 to 13. For thus says the Lord, your affliction is incurable. <laughs> your wound is severe. Affliction is incurable. That doesn't meaning I can give you the best medicine, I can take you to the best hospital, you are going to die. That is incurable means. And doctor says, we don't know. No. Abhi ek hi rasta hai. Bhagavan ka rasta. Oh, movies, no? Then Amitabh Bachchan will go to the temple and he'll start praying to his... Your wound, your affliction is incurable. Your wound is severe. And then he says, there is no one to plead your cause. That you may be bound up. That you have, and you have no healing medicines. Incurable disease. Verse 15. Why do you cry out about your affliction, your hurt? Your sorrow is incurable. We were just listening to a song, no? <laughs> mad, mad world. <laughs> it says, very interesting uh, lyric. He says, I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The dreams that I'm dying is the very best that I have. The dreams in which I'm dying are the very best that I have. So, so that, that song is a, it's a secular song. It has gone viral. And what is the song saying? I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. The dreams in which I'm dying are the very best that I have. The very best dreams that men can live in. The very best dream. The American dream. Kya hai? Roti, kapda, makan, do gadi. You go to any home in America, you'll have a beautiful lawn. Okay. Beautiful. Nice. Yard. Backyard, front yard, both. Beach may you'll have this beautiful duplay. Oh boy. My uncle had a home in Toronto, okay, and a vendor's home. Huge backyard, huge front yard. You should see the the beauty of that entire lane, okay? And then you have 
parking space for two SUVs minimum. What are you living? The American dream. And then he says, the dreams in which I'm dying are the very best dreams that I can have. My wound is incurable no matter how much of the best of the life that I can enjoy in this life. You know why? There is sin inside my heart and I know that it's going to take me to my death. Your wound is incurable. That's your disease. The day that you eat, you shall moth, moth, double superlative. You'll die, die. <laughs> Lest we die, she said. Are you? No, madam. Madam got totally confused. Flummoxed, if you will. Per adventure, we die. You die. That's it. Sin entered, death to sin. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. 12, 12, 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because... All sinned. And next verse, verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. And verse 14. But nevertheless, sin reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one to come. Hmm? All sin. Luke's Gospel chapter 13. Luke's Gospel chapter 13, verses 1, 2 and 3, please, if you don't mind. They were present at that season, some who told him about the Galileans who blood, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? Like I was telling the Romans Bible study, now I said, enumerate the causes for by which people die. And a lot of people were saying. Uh, some people die because of sickness, some people die because of old age, some people die because of... Uh, um, because of accidents, uh, some people die because of disease, etc. So many causes. They are not causes. They are methodologies in which they die. That is not the cause. You know why accidents take place which cause death? Because of sin. Think about that. Think about that. Why do accidents take place? I didn't say it. Let us look at this. Next verse. Luke's Gospel chapter or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell. It's an accident, right? Like Passover came just in the morning and he said, uh, there was another tragedy which took place. 14 migrant workers sleeping on the railway track and the train ran over them. They all died. And what do you call it? You know what the Bible calls? What Jesus says? The tower in Siloam which fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. What does it mean? In other words, the reason why they died was not because of an accident. The reason why accident takes place, which caused death, is because of sin. I mean, you think about it, no? Think about the world which is going to come. No accidents. Kaisa ho sakta 
we have early warning systems with all the early warning systems we still can't avoid accidents you know there was a flight a recent uh, boeing air air airplane i think 787 or something some series huh 787 the boeing 787 flights there were so many accidents which were reported you know why there's so many accidents which were reported because the autopilot or the computer took over the over the aeroplane and refused to give the command control to the pilot and it was going on and on it was it was a faulty uh, of course system of course it was warning of some things which was not there and because there was a warning immediately the computer took over the aeroplane and the pilot lost control boom into the sea taking all passengers down and there was an australian pilot by the way who actually took charge and he says i'm never going to relinquish the power or the autonomy to a computer <laughs> and he literally landed the plane uh, safely to at a, a nearby airport and he rescued the plane and afterward he gave up his career that was the last flight he he flew it traumatized him like anything why do accidents happen why do computers <laughs> fail simply because of what sin yesterday peter was asking me this question pastor do you think we don't need technology once we uh, enter into the millennial reign all the things that we studied in mathematics and engineering don't you think that we need all this knowledge and i was telling them see i only worked in a robotics lab think about a robotics lab what do most roboticists what do they manufacture they come up with designs like you know cheetah robot you should see boston dynamics they have come up with this cheetah robot big dog hmm? big dog robot it's a very famous you go online and you see that hmm? and then then you have the humanoid robot okay or a chimpanzee robot if you want to call it that way huh chimpanzee robot hmm? and then you have snake robot serpentine robot they call it and then you have drones why do we create all these things with all their faulty artificial intelligence because adam when he when he was in his sinless condition or unfallen state you know what he did he actually named all the animals that is where we get the word the science of naming called taxonomy and he had an incredible relationship with animals i believe so he didn't have to create a cheetah robot he had a cheetah hey we need to get some work done we need to go from one place to the other i know you are the fastest let me just climb on you and let's go man and they had a kind of a relationship but after the fall and in fact after the flood that there was a terror of the lord i mean there was animals had a terror with the uh, with the human beings and they're all in the wild now and after the millennial reign i mean during the millennial reign you know what it says at cock, the 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 lion and the lamb will rest side by side and the young boy or a girl will play with a serpent they become friends now you don't have to create serpent and robots you will have a serpent as your pet i mean they will do all the work for you so i don't think we need technology we will we'll have the entire creation at our disposal baba 
will not be afraid of whales to swallow us. We'll just have a different world altogether. I need to fly from one place to the other. Hey, come on, we'll have something in the in the in the next creation where that 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 the dominion over man over the creation will be restored. God said, "Have dominion," and that's exactly what Adam exercised. In that, he named all the animals. He had the authority over all the animals. That is what the symbol of authority is. What symbol of naming, right? It's a naming is a symbol of authority. He's calling this particular fellow lion. He's calling this guy serpent. He's calling. So he had this kind of a relationship. I believe they could talk to each other. And it says that Adam, God caused Adam uh, to name all the animals to see if there could be a, sta- a suitable mate for him. And he realized that no, none of these people or these fellows, they could be very beautiful, but <laughs> they don't suit me. And then God put him to sleep and then he created See, that is where we have fallen from, no? That's a disease. And what, what caused all this? Sin. Sin caused this separation. And we lost dominion. The greatest disease. And therefore we'll, we'll have no longer accidents. Think about that. No longer accidents in the new creation. Bah. You can go at whatever speed. Amazing. Light years per second now. Not, not, not even, uh, somebody, some new, new, uh, news I saw the other day. We have our closest black hole to earth. 1000 light years away. 1000 light years? Do you even think what, what is 1000 light years? If you travel at a speed of light, it'll take you 1000 years to reach the black hole. Nonsense. So why, why should I be even be concerned about that now? But later on. In the new creation, light years per second I can move. I can go at the speed of thought, no accidents. Think about that, my dear brothers. Why did they stop the concord? Because of accidents. And why were the accidents caused? According to the Bible? Sin. You, you, you see, this is the whole idea. That is our disease, incurable disease of sin. It is our sin. And God said there is a cure. I will heal you of all your diseases. How? By taking your sickness upon myself, the sickness caused by sin. I will die so that you can live forever. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 and then verse 17. Okay? Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 and then verse, 20, verse, verse 17. For he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. So that we might become what? The righteousness of God in him. Verse 17. Therefore if anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things. I mean, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. New creation. And then, once that day, when we have, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, what has God given us? He has started a new race. What, what race? A race which can never die. Even though they die, they will live. They can only sleep here. 
but one day they will live in glorified bodies and that body boy i hope we are raring to put on that body maza jayega yaar that body will be like i, mean, I don't even think we will need any transportation we can move through walls only we thought only terminator 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 could do that no move through walls boy that will be like what osmosis we can osmosize ourselves through walls think about that or we can bend the fabric of space and time woo <laughs> remarkable isn't it we can only imagine yeah we can only imagine <laughs> we can only imagine so he has forgiven all our diseases therefore don't ever forget to keep confessing your sins okay so let us to first first john chapter uh 1 and verse 7 onwards 1 john chapter 1 verse 7 but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son will continuously cleanse us from all sin and what should we do next verse if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us therefore if we confess our sins he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness and look at us as if we have never sinned having been justified by faith we have peace with god the ultimate sin ultimate disease is a disease of sin and he took it upon himself he took our infirmities upon himself and he gave us health spiritual health now and then later on full health will come in now even in our bodies understand that everybody so don't forget this so what is genuine confession when we own up as i said roy for hell is full full of forgiven sinners hell is full of sinners who have not forgive who have not confessed their sins you know Matthew Henry made a fantastic statement in his commentary on Genesis 3. What did Eve say? The serpent beguiled me. Old English. Deceive is not normal English. She beguiled me. You know what he says? Sin is a brat that nobody is willing to own. A sign that is the a sign that it is a scandalous thing what is it scandalous what is offense for the 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 hebrew the greek word for offense is scandal you don't want to get offended you want to look good in the outside what what did serpent say oh she beguiled me sin is a brat that nobody wants to own therefore we have a famous michael Ang- michael jackson song billy jean the kid is not my <laughs> son remember that song <laughs> the kid is not my son look man no hands i didn't do it not my son sin is a brat nobody wants to own up we'll not we are not willing to confess and what is genuine confession according to matthew henry this is what he says What is genuine confession is when we own up. He says, what is genuine confession when our opinion about us, what did I say? 
our opinion about us matches with God's opinion about us, then we have genuine confession. Interesting, no? Our opinion about, about us matches with God's opinion about us, then that is genuine confession. Otherwise, it's all tooth malish. It is called whitewash. Like pastor said, no, when Naman came, God is not in the business of doing external healing. No, 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 no. Internal. Sin is a brat that nobody wants to own up. He says, the kid is not my son. I don't That's the reason it's become a very famous song. Everybody related with that song. Because it's all camouflaged in very good dance and moves and you forget the whole lyric behind it. Sometimes you don't even understand Michael Jackson's lyrics, by the way. This is idiotic, actually. I don't know. Or maybe they are not. We don't know. When our opinion about ourselves matches God's opinion about us, then we have genuine confession. Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. If you have the NKJV or the KJV, KJV, pure old KJV, good old KJV, verses 28 onwards. For I say to you, among those who are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Hmm? Actually, uh, 28 onwards, okay? But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And verse 29, and all the people that heard him and the publicans, what did they do? Justified God, Baba, that declared that God is righteous. How? Being baptized in the baptism of John. How did they get baptized in the baptism of John? By confessing their sins. In other words, they were saying, Lord, let your opinion about us match our opinion about ourselves. That's the reason why you have to give people self-test. What do you think about yourself? Evaluate yourself. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Very, 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 very good. And God says, <laughs> Fantastic opinion. No, some, some people are on the other side. Oh, I'm no good. Nothing is there. Ayyo. That is the reason why he says, let no one think Greater than what he is or less than what he is, but soberly as God has given to each one of them a measure of faith. What is humility? According to C.S. Lewis, humility is not thinking less about yourself or great about yourself, but thinking about yourself less. That you don't even factor yourself in other words. When your opinion about God matches your opinion about yourself, then you have what we call as genuine confession. Otherwise, you're always doing tooth malish. And people don't like to do that, right? Why do you think people have not been healed? Because they still want dignity and not deliverance. That's what they want. That's what Pastor was saying. They want to be delivered in their sin and not from their sin. That is the reason why Jesus says, how can you, what, believe if you seek 
honor that comes from one another and do not seek the glory that, that comes from the only God. The only God. His opinion. That is the reason why if God declares you just, it doesn't matter which court in the world calls you a criminal, you are just. On the other hand, if God declares that you are guilty, it doesn't matter which court in the world says that you are not guilty, you are guilty. Therefore, let us have genuine confession. So don't forget your confession. Got it? Then, let's go to the next point. (laughs) First is, he forgives all our iniquities. Second, he heals all our diseases. And the greatest disease that we have is a disease of sin. I'll show you this verse, no? First verse, let me show you a verse in Isaiah before we go to the next point. Isaiah chapter 1, if you will, please. Sami. Isaiah chapter 1. From the crown of the head to the sole of your feet. You'll see that verse. Can you find that verse for me, Sami? It's in, it's in Isaiah chapter 1 for sure. Is it there? You find it? Wounds, bruises and putrefying sores, he says. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's verse uh, 5 to 7, Sami. Yeah. 5 to 7. Okay, let us read from, yeah, yeah, let us, let us read from verse 4. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Richard. You, uh, you are Dr. Luke for us today. Verse 4, 4 to 7. 4 to 7 kar dijiye. Koi dikkat nahi. Alas, sinful nation. Alas, sinful nation. A people laden with iniquity. Laden ka matlab kya hai? Covered with iniquity. A brood of <laughs> evil doers. Children who are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. That means what? They have ignored, forgotten the Lord. They have provoked the anger of the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward. Why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. Your whole head is sick and your whole heart faints. That means there is no good thoughts in your mouth, uh, in your in your mind and there are no good intentions in your heart. And then, from the sole of your fit, feet to the Crown of your head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. That is your condition. You know what uh, Derek Prince in one of his teachings, you know what he says? This is exactly the picture of the cross. From the sole of his feet to the head of his, to the crown of his head, the entire body of Jesus was what? With, from, with wounds, bruises, Putrefying source. And they have not been closed. They have not been soothed. In other words, he became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. So let us forget that. Our state, our, our disease that God has saved us from. Our iniquities, our disease. Then, third, he redeems our life from the pit. From the pit. Okay? From the destruction. What does that mean? What is there inside of us? Children who are what? Corruptors. What is there inside of us? There is corruption. There is an irreversible process in our flesh. 
our flesh is growing from verse to verse. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 21 onwards. Actually, 22, 21 onwards is okay. 21 onwards. Our old man, he talks about it. Let me just take a water break. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which, ah, it's growing in corruption. What is it, Baba? Ante, roju roju ki, Basically, it's thinking as the day goes, days go by. In other words, in our, let me tell you something. It's, it's this, no? Our old man is not getting better. It's getting worse and worse. And how is it getting worse and worse? Old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And if you live according to this old man, which is also called the flesh, Romans chapter 8 verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, what does it say? You will die. The old nature, the fleshly nature inside of us. What should happen to that fellow? It has to be put to death every day. And you have to realize that on the cross, what is he do? He has redeemed our life from the corruption that is, that is inside of each one of us. The corrupt nature that takes us into hell, the fleshly nature inside of us. He has redeemed, he has redeemed us from that. And therefore he says, put to death everything that is earthly in you and put on the new man. Okay. That's what he says. Since, since, uh, turn to Romans chapter 13, verse 11, 13, 11, Romans chapter 13, um, sorry, just give me a minute please, Romans chapter 13, 11, uh, verse 14, sorry, verse 13, 14, 13, 14, 13, 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, 13, 14. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not make any provision to the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Why? Because the old man is growing corrupt by deceitful lusts. Therefore, put it off. Don't forget the corruption that is inside of you. And it says, if you sow in the flesh, you will reap corruption. Therefore, God is not mocked. We have spent... Okay, let me show you these two verses and then we'll go. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 to 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that also he will reap. For he who sows to his flesh will also reap what? Corruption. That is there inside of all of us, that fleshly nature. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Okay, let me show you something. I wrote it down so that just follow me very carefully. It's from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Okay? The one who wrote Cost of Discipleship. <clears throat> In our members, 
he says there is a slumbering inclination slumbering means something which is sleepy slumbering inclinations towards desire which is both sudden and fierce which is both sudden and fierce with irresistible power desire seizes mastery of the flesh all at once a secret smoldering fire is kindled the flesh burns and is in flames <clears throat> it makes no difference whether it is sexual desire or ambition or vanity or desire for revenge our love for fame and power or greed for money <clears throat> at this moment god is quite unreal to us he is unreal to us remember these words in brackets he says remember these words he says he is unreal to us he loses all reality at this moment and only desire for the creature is real the only reality is the devil satan does not hear fill us with hatred for god no he doesn't fill us with hatred for god but only forgetfulness of god what does he fill us with not with hatred of god david never hated god he only forgot god for that moment it is here that everything within me rises up against the word of god everything in me rises up against the word of god there is no hatred towards satan but there is only forgetfulness about god therefore the bible teaches us in times of temptation in the flesh there is only one command command to flee kya baat hai flee fornication flee idolatry flee youthful lust flee the lust of the world there is no resistance to satan in lust rather than flight it can be the concord also take the flight and run for your life that's exactly what you know pastor katokon in one of his messages said david should have asked for his chariot chariot leke bhago yahan se you know why at that moment he forgot that there is corruption in his flesh that he was redeemed from that corrupt nature he redeemed our life from what corruption destruction from the pit from sheol so don't he's the one who forgi- forgives all our iniquities he forgives all he heals all our diseases and third thing he does he redeems our life from cor- corruption from destruction in the pit from decay therefore god is not mocked whatsoever a man sows so also he will reap he who lives by the sword will die by the sword that means those who plot against somebody somebody will plot against you that is the reason why you know that everybody who's a plotter is always afraid you know why because he's constantly thinking that somebody's plotting against him that is the reason why it says in Roman, uh, proverbs chapter 28 verse 1 look at what it says proverbs chapter 28 verse 1 what does it say oh yes the wicked flee when no one is pursuing you why ah but the righteous are as bold as a lion because you don't have to fear anything because you never plotted anything but you are plotting something all the time and you know what that is the reason why people who gossip never trust others people who gossip will be gossiped about you know that 
what will come back to you is gossip. About you. Very dangerous. So, he redeemed our life from the pit. So these are the benefits, Baba. What are the benefits? These are the recompenses that God has given us. He has forgiven all our iniquities. He has healed all our diseases. He has redeemed us from the corrupt nature. You don't have to live according to the flesh. He has given us a spirit. If you, by the spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for as many as are led by the spirit of God are the what? Sons of God. As many as are led by the spirit of God to put to death the deeds of the body by the flesh, by the spirit are the sons of God. So never forget that, my dear brothers. Never, ever, ever, Never forget. So let us look at that verse once again. Let us put it on record. What is that? Romans chapter 8 verses 13, 14 and 15. Sorry, 13 and 14 is enough. For if we live according to the flesh, we will die. You should always personalize it. Okay, Paul is writing to uh, the Romans, but he has definitely personalized it for himself too. For if I live according to the flesh, I will die. Oh, this is not for the believer, brother. No, 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 no. This is for the believer. Romans is written to the believer. In fact, the entire Bible is written to the believer. But if I, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, what? I will live for as many as are led by the Spirit of God to put to death the deeds of the body are the sons of God. You understood everybody? Got it? Okay, let's go to the next one. Another benefit. First benefit, say that everybody, forgives all our iniquities. Second benefit, heals all our diseases. Third benefit, he redeems our life from destruction. Third, fourth benefit, he crowns us with loving kindness. And what mercies? Tender mercies. Loving kindness and tender mercies. He crowns us. Remember? Turn to Luke's Gospel chapter 15. Famous, no? You know what I'm talking about. Whom I'm talking about. Whom am I talking about? Yes, 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 yes. Let's go to verse 17 onwards. This is the famous I have sinned statements in the Bible. The One of the positive statements. Actually, there are only three positive statements of I have sinned. First, I have sinned by David. Positive. Micah, I have sinned. Next, second positive. Third, what is man? The prodigal son, I have sinned. Next is Judas Iscariot, I have sinned. Negative, dead. Okay. So we only look at this positive, I have sinned. But when he came to himself, came to himself meaning he came to his senses. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned. Kya baat hai? Against heaven and before you. Both. Against you and you only have I sinned, says David. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose came to his father. But when he was still a great way away, what did father do? Father saw him, had compassion on him, ran, fell on his neck, kissed him, not, and then this guy starts his dialogue now. 
ఓకే ఈజ్ ఆల్రెడీ రిహర్స్టెడ్ సెవెరల్ టైమ్స్ ఓకే డైలాగ్ మళ్ళీ లేకపోతే బాగుంటుంది కదా ఓకే హీ విల్ ఫీల్ బ్యాడ్ సో ఓకే గాడ్ సైడ్ ఓకే ఫైన్ డైలాగ్ తెసుకో ఫర్ ఐ ఫాదర్ ఐ హ్ సెండ్ అగేన్స్ట్ హెవెన్ అండ్ ఇన్ యువర్ సైట్ అండ్ ఐమ్ నో లాంగర్ వర్ది టు బి కాల్డ్ యువర్ సన్ బట్ ఫాదర్ సెట్ టు హిస్ సర్వెంట్స్ బ్రింగ్ ద బెస్ట్ రోబ్ put it on him put a ring put sandals what does he do crown him with loving kindness and with tender mercies yeah loving kindness and tender mercies you know what he has given us he has given us the gift of repentance what has he given us that is what it is loving kindness and tender mercies is a gift how do i know that i experience the loving kindness of god when i have repented see this is how we this is christianity i deserve this but god gave me this turn to acts chapter 11 come to that verse so many times Acts chapter 11 and verse uh am i right sorry sorry acts chapter 10 sorry acts chapter 10 verse 44 hmm this was it was 44 no 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 sorry sorry just a minute just a minute just a minute just a minute yeah yeah acts chapter 11 only acts chapter 11 verse 17 onwards if therefore god gave them the very same gift what's that same gift the holy spirit he gave to us when we believed on the lord jesus christ who was i that i should withstand god when they heard these things they became silent and they glorified god saying then god has also granted the gentiles repentance to life that is crowning with loving kindness and with tender mercies godly sorrow leads to repentance godly sorrow leads to repentance never forget that he crowns us with loving kindness and with tender mercies therefore exercise that gift what is that gift gift of repentance and by repenting every day and never forgetting his loving kindness and his tender mercies the goodness of god romans chapter 2 verse 4 don't despise the riches of his goodness forbearance long suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leads you to repentance and if you have tasted that the lord is good what should you do first peter chapter 2 verses 1 2 and 3 in esv put away all malice all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that you may grow up in your salvation if indeed you have tasted that the lord is good so what will you long for you will long for the milk of the word of god pure milk not just watered down milk pure milk so that you may grow up in your salvation in fact grow up in your repentance grow up in your changing of your mind so change in christianity is constant what is it 
change in Christianity is constant. There's one factor which is always constant. Change for the better, not for the worse, okay? Okay, in fact, if you're not changing for the better, you're actually changing for the worse. So change is always constant, either way. Okay. So, let us look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verses, last two verses, in fact. Last three verses. Last three verses. Let us look at the last three verses. Hebrews chapter. For yet a little while and the one, and the coming one will not uh, will come and will not delay, delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And he says, but we are not of those who shrink back. That means, as I said, we are either moving forward or drawing back. Drawing back to where? To perdition. So just keep on moving forward. Keep on growing. Don't stop with milk. Move on to solid food. And start enjoying God even more. All right, let's go to the next one. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. I like that. That is important. Who satisfies our mouth with good things, we saw. What is that? If you have tasted the goodness of God, we are growing up in our salvation. Now He puts us one interesting adjective. So that our youth is renewed like the eagles? You know what the youth is renewed like the eagles meaning, right? You know what the youth uh, eagle does, right? It puts away all its feathers and it becomes new again. Renews itself. It keeps on renewing itself. So how do you renew yourself? Romans chapter 12. Verse 1 and 2. This is what we call as feathers have to be taken off. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable act of worship. And then do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and that which is the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Do you understand that? Who crowns us with loving kindness and with tender mercies. Who satisfies our mouth with good things. So that our youth is what? Renewed like the eagles. Okay. So what is the call ultimately? The call is to call to maturity. To all of us, no? Who satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. So we looked at four, five things today. God is a God who forgives all our iniquities. Who heals all our diseases. Who redeems our life from destruction. Crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Satisfies our mouth with good things. Maybe we should look at one more. Go go back to Psalm 103. Verse 6. Oh sorry. Oh yeah. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all that are oppressed. We are all oppressed by Satan and by the devil. And what did he do? He executed righteousness. How did he do that? Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. Who were, who was oppressing us? Hmm. The principalities and powers were oppressing us. We were oppressed by the devil. 
And what did he do? Verse 15, he disarmed the principalities and powers. He made them a public spectacle triumphing over them. And then he says, and verse 14 actually, in fact, verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that is against us, which was contrary to us. And he took it out of the way, nailed it to the cross. You know what he did? What he did? He gave us, I mean, he removed the oppression, the thoughts of condemnation and guilt. No, no longer. No condemnation, I dread. <laughs> Jesus and all. You know what? This is something which we have to keep on reiterating over and over and over again. I have been born again. I'm a child of the living God. The old Adam is dead. The new Adam is alive because through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know what? It says God in his great mercy. First Peter chapter 1, he'll say, in his great mercy has caused us to be born again into a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the old Adam died and in him the new Adam is alive. A new race of, 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 of the redeemed is being is being uh, uh, is being birthed now in Jesus Christ, and all of us we have a living hope through the resurrection, a new birth, a new birth by the very word of God, by the truth of the word of God. We have been birthed anew, and we don't have to sin anymore. We are not no longer oppressed by the devil anymore. You don't have to be oppressed anymore. It's a new birth who grants us new birth. What a beautiful promise that is. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? He just removed the pangs of death and gave us new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A new birth, a new race of Adam. Of not Adam, the last Adam, of course, is being birthed. The first Adam is gone. The last Adam is formed. And in him, no condemnation. No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head. And clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim my crown through Christ my own. One of the things that you never doubt, never doubt every day, is that God has given you new birth. You know how in the in the house of Cornelius, if you turn with me to Acts chapter 10 and we'll stop there. Acts chapter 10 and verse 44 to 47. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And then what happened? And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. How did they know it? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. You know what God gave them? First he baptized them in the Holy Spirit. And then he said, okay, now you get baptized in water. And Peter answered, next verse. For they heard them speak in tongues. And Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should be, should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So what happened? The very, what, what was the sign of the new birth for them? That they were born again? What was them, for them? For the Gentiles? They could speak in tongues. You know, one of the gifts that some of us have, I hope all of us can will have, is a gift of tongues. You know, what is the assurance that we are all born again? The very gift of tongues 
that we can exercise. It's an assurance. So many people doubt their salvation now. Oh, am I saved today? I don't feel saved. You know, have you not battled, battled that? And one gift God has given us that assurance, the earnest of the Holy Spirit inside of us that we can speak in tongues. Of course, don't just take those things for granted. Okay. We can talk about that later on. So you don't have to doubt your salvation. Okay. Don't have to doubt your salvation. So these are the recompenses of God. And if you don't remember all these recompenses, what will go, what will happen to you? You will immediately slide into idolatry. Don't, don't ever forget where he has recompensed you. What are the recompenses God has given us? Otherwise we will be guilty of the sin of what? Forgetfulness. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. I pray, Father, as we have been exhorted to this morning, I believe by your word, your spirit will back us up, back it up. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that none of us will forget where you have brought us up from. The pit that you have brought us up from. That we will forever be grateful for the benefits that we have accrued because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The recompenses of God. What he has given to us in return for what we have done to him on the cross. Our sin and his righteousness. Our curse for his blessing. Our poverty for his riches. Our garment of praise. And he took upon himself our spirit of heaviness. He took away, disarmed every principality and power of darkness. But wiping out the handwriting of ordinances, nailing it to the cross. What an awesome God we serve. Enable us never to forget all your benefits. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory, we give you honor. For in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.